Hi, I'm Kath Scanlon from LSE London, a research centre at the London School of Economics. I'm here with Neil Young from East Village and Alex Hilton from Generation Rent to talk about new style private renting in London. For decades, the private rented sector in this country had a bad reputation. It was seen as run-down, low-quality housing, the tenure of last resort for those who couldn't afford to buy their own homes and didn't manage to get into social housing. In the early years of the 20th century, the great majority of British households lived in private rented housing, but by the 1990s the proportion had fallen to just 9%. Since then, there's been a huge growth in private renting. The proportion has nearly doubled in the last 20 years, and in London, a quarter of all households rent privately. Most of that is down to the increase in buy-to-let investment by individuals and couples, so-called amateur landlords who own just one or two apartments each. But recently, we're starting to see a new kind of private rented housing in the UK. These are big developments of flats that are all privately rented and all owned and managed by the same landlord. This kind of housing is absolutely standard in lots of places, including the States and Germany, but it hasn't been produced in the UK since the 1930s. The government is keen to encourage more of this kind of housing and has been working to get major financial institutions like pension funds to invest in it. A couple of weeks ago, some LSE researchers paid a visit to Stratford in East London to have a look at two examples of this new kind of rented housing, East Village and Stratford Halo. We wanted to find out what this kind of housing offers that standard private rented housing doesn't, who lives in it, and whether we can expect to see more developments like these across London in the coming years. Neil and Alex were also on that visit and have kindly agreed to come and talk about what we saw. Neil, you're CEO of Get Living London. Can you tell me a bit about East Village and the company and uh, what about the, the blocks of flats? When and, and why were they built? Yeah, I mean, East Village was the athletes' village. So for the Olympics and Paralympics, housed about 17,000 uh, athletes and, and Olympians during that period. Um, however, it was always the plan was as a long-term neighbourhood for people to live. So it was acquired um, pre-Olympics um, with the handover of the properties coming somewhat after the Olympics as some of the uh, retrofit was done for the development. Um, we took full, full um, occupation towards the end of last year um, and have been renting it out ever since. So when did the first tenants start to move in? The first residents started to move in in December 2013. Right. And are the, is it, are the blocks full now? No. If you look at the whole village, uh, there's about 2,800 properties uh, and that goes from private rented all the way through to affordable housing. Uh, as we are today, we're about 75% occupied. Can you tell us something about the differences between what East Village offers and sort of standard private rental housing that most people would be familiar with? Yeah, I mean, if we look at the uh, private element, the private rented element, um, Get Living London is the operator and owner of those private um, homes. So we're able to control, um, we're able to inform people much better. Um, from a property management point of view, we're on site. We have an operation that's open seven days a week. Um, so people are able to come to us know they've got a, a landlord who's in this for the long term. Um, and also from a, um, a legal point of view, 
uh, our default uh, tenancy is a three-year tenancy, uh, and that's quite unusual in the market where normally you just get one-year tenancies. We also um, have the ability where, for the residents, um, they're able to break the tenancy at six months, giving two months notice. But from a landlord, we cannot terminate within that three years. So we're giving much more flexibility for the resident uh, and security of long-term tenure as well. We don't charge any fees, um, and we very much, every resident has a, a property manager that they can speak to um, with any issues, any questions that come up during their stay. Okay, that is a very different model. Um, looking, thinking about the physical uh, plant of the buildings, are there things that make these buildings especially suited to, to being rental? Yeah, well, the actual apartments and the layouts of the apartments are, uh, to some extent, were prescribed by the IOC. Um, and one of the uh, advantages of that was the bedroom sizes, and they're quite sp specific on the size of the, the bedrooms. Mm. What that's brought about is double bedrooms um, of a good size. So normally, and, and often in the private rented sector, when you go to a two-bedroom apartment, the second bedroom is small, it's got a sloping ceiling, something like that, whereas these are very similar in size. So especially for sharers, um, which makes it much more affordable for them to rent, they're very equal size. Um, all of our two-bedroom apartments have two bathrooms, so again, it um, eliminates a lot of the arguments that go on. Um, and so it, that works very well from, from that aspect. And we're able to maintain as well because we manage the whole uh, management of the public realm as well as the, the apartments. So people have got that comfort that they know it's being looked after well. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, you didn't build these buildings. They were built for the athletes. With the benefit of hindsight, is there anything you'd change? Well, we're going through a process because there was a master plan for East Village and actually um, we've got planning for about another 2,000 homes and we're looking and we're planning those new buildings at the moment to bring new housing to East Village and we, we are learning from what we've got at the moment. You know, as I say, things like the, the layouts, um, we've learnt a lot but actually learnt a lot that they were pretty good where they were. Some of the new buildings will have will be bigger buildings, so we'll have the ability to have more of a concierge offering. Mm. Uh, at the moment, that's centralised, but we will be as people go into their apartments, they'll have that um, service. So uh, that's something they're learning. We're learning about things like refuge, and um, we'll probably have refuge shoots in our new developments as well. So I think the, the development we've got at the moment that, and the homes we've got at the moment work really well. But we're trying to improve. We're trying to learn internationally as well what others do. Thanks. Um, I'd like to bring in Alex Hilton now. Alex, you're the director of Generation Rent and you're also a resident of East Village. Um, could you tell us a bit about Generation Rent? Um, well, we're an organisation legally known as the National Private Tenants Organisation um, and uh, we campaign for a better deal for private sector renters. Uh, we, we campaign on things like conditions, affordability, professionalism of management uh, and security of tenure. I'd like to go back to uh, what we saw in our visit uh, a few weeks ago to Stratford. The other development we looked at was Stratford Halo, which is just uh, a short walk away from East Village, and that is owned by Genesis Housing Association. It's physically very different. It's a 43-story tower block with about 400 private rented apartments. Um, Neil, Stratford Halo has uh, more amenities than any small private landlord could offer. What, what does that tell about um, what private tenants are demanding these days? I think, and I'm sure Alex will, will say, that there's a raft of demand across the private rented sector. Um, and as you say, you've got Stratford Haley, you've, you've got East Village, but you've got a lot of other offerings out there. Um, and I think people want some variety. Um, but I think what um, you know, Genesis is trying to do at Haley and we're trying to do is, is give the management side and the service side and being able to maintain that service and, and being responsive as we should be. And I, I think there is a, I'm convinced there's a demand 
for more offerings for residents and out there to have that um, approach. Alex, what stood out for you? Um, well, of course, I live in the East Village and I know it's a really high quality development. Um, and, um, uh, and of course, you live in a place, you see the rough as well as the smooth. And frankly, it's the nicest place I've ever lived. Um, uh, Halo, um, the Genesis development was also very interesting. I think what they took, though, was a very different approach towards um, community development. So um, in, the, um, in the East Village, uh, I think there's, there's been a sort of enthusiasm to do community development, uh, but they've really been learning how. Um, whereas in the Genesis development, I think with their history as a, you know, money is not their principal object, it's just one of their objects as well as uh, they're, they're providing, providing housing for, for need, means that they've got a very mixed development and they've created, I think, more of a natural community, probably the sort of community that East Village will become in time. Um, uh, uh, I think the Halo development's got there quicker. Um, well, that leads us on to, to, to talking about the tenants. Neil, can you tell us something about the tenants at East Village? We've got one of them here, but um, what attracts them to, to East Village? Well, what's interesting, I find, is that people are, when they first hear about East Village and, and they think of Stratford, and they're a bit hesitant, they're not really sure if they know the area, they may not have been there. What we find is when actually people come and they see it for the first time, they're really taken by it. Um, I think you know, when you come into East Village, you know, the public areas are, are fantastic and maintained, but it's also the surrounding areas as well. It's obviously got the, the um, Olympic legacy, you've got the swimming pool, you've got the velodrome, you've got the stadium, uh, you know, Westfield on the doorstep. You've got a lot of facilities over there as well. So I think, you know, Alex was saying about the neighbourhood, trying to create a neighbourhood. It is very much an aspiration. Um, we've had residents for a year, we are learning, um, but the aspiration is there to make it a place where People just don't come and live, it's just not a dormitory place, but it's somewhere that they can get to know other people, they can enjoy the environment. You know, we've got plans and, and during this year we'll be opening more retailers, retailers who are brought from the local area. So they're small retailers who, who may have been in Hackney Wick or in, in other surrounding areas, Brixton and places, who have got a, a very much a different approach, but an approach that I think supports what we're trying to achieve. Mm. Alex, what's it like to live there? Um, right. Um, it's, it's really interesting that it doesn't really feel um, sustainable the way it is. Um, and I, it's very hard to, to put this in words. I don't want to knock it because it is great. I live there, I find it attractive, I don't want to move. But I've made a decision in my life that, that at 39 years of age, I'm never going to be able to afford to save it for a deposit. So I've got to stop living in shared houses and bedsits. And so I've got to spend some money because I've got to have my quality of life at some time during my life. It's not going to happen at some point in the future. So I've made a decision to spend more of my money on rent. And, and the, the model, it's not cheap. It's not cheap housing. It's quite expensive housing. It's a good quality offer, but it's quite expensive. And then if you look at the, um, the commercial units, mostly, most of which are, are currently um, unlet, um, it, there's a real concern that the whole thing has been priced high, and that's why we haven't got any. Uh, we've only got two um, let commercial units. And bringing in, you know, I'm quite enthusiastic for the new hotel they're going to build uh, and the new new commercial units when they open because all of these things will mean jobs. All of these things will mean more life for the area. But I have a deep fear that the reason why they're empty is because, and yeah, you know, it's much easier to fit out a shop than it is to fit out a, a home. 
um, is, is because they're just priced too high. That it's, it's, it's seen as a premium development and they have to have premium um, products in there in order to maintain the high price of the rents. It's early days still and I'm sure these things are um, yeah, I mean, just proceeding in phases. Do you want to quickly come yeah, back just, on just that, Neil? To, I have one more point. Just to pick up on that, in residential developments, usually it's commercial units that get rented last because uh, a retailer wants the residents to be there. Secondly, we have a lot of demand. Um, we have over 20 retailers who are lined up to come in and we're going through the process of bringing them in. We have actively gone for local retailers who know the area um, and want to go into this kind of environment. Westfield's on the doorstep, you've got all the big brand names in there, it does very well. We wanted something different that's going to work um, for the residents and we've also looked at what mix you should have in terms of that. So, um, I, I'm, you know, one thing that encourages me is some of the feedback we get from residents, they want the retailers to come in. Mm. It's not that the retailers aren't wanted. We, I see the long list of retailers who are either signed up or keen to come in. I have no issue about the desire. We're very committed to it because we, like Alex, believe it will it will be another thing that will lift the area. So it will be coming in. There's fit-outs going on already in some of the retail units. It's coming in this year. Okay. Um, can we just go back quickly to the question of leases? You mentioned, Neil, that your standard offer is a three-year lease. Now, that's very unusual in the UK market where most uh, leases in the private sector are assured short-hold tenancies that last for six to 12 months. And beyond that, the tenant doesn't have any security of tenure. Um, Alex, is that something that you'd like to see more landlords offering? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's not just the um, the three-year leases that, that Get Living London are offering. It's also the commitment to um, uh, rent increases in line with inflation, um, which that's great, isn't it? Yep. And, and this, this means real stability for a household. They can say, right, for the next three years, this is what my rent's going to be and whatever. And and I think when you've got a landlord with an approach like that, a very professional approach like that, that's that's modelled it and modelled their finances and they know that that's how their business is sustainable, then you've got someone you know you can talk to. So I imagine two years into a three-year lease, mm -hmm. you could go to these guys and say, um, you know, I, I really like living here. What can we do about extending this lease and whatever? And have a chat with a professional. Yep. The vast majority of the private rented sector is nothing like that. Mm. The vast majority is unrecognisable in the private rented sector. And in fact, the the, um, the landlord bodies are actively campaigning against that that pretty decent behaviour. It's not costing you money to do that. It's just no. a, yeah. you know that just being a decent landlord. They're campaigning for that not to be in statute. Um, and that would be that would be a vast improvement. I certainly don't think it would be the answer to all the problems in the private rented sector. But just allowing some sense of stability mm. is essential to community building. Well, it's something that Stratford Halo are also offering. So there there are two examples of big developments, single landlord offering that kind of um, facility. I think Halo was offering up to f five, five years. years. Yeah, minimum five. one year is up to yeah. five years. Yeah. Um, finally, we don't have much time left, but um, what? I'd like your views about whether this kind of private rental development is something that we're going to be seeing a lot more of in London. It's certainly something the government is in favour of. They're trying to get financial institutions interested. Um, get Living London is a private company. Genesis is a housing association. But is it something that others are going to follow your example on? Yeah, I mean, we're certainly keen to do more um, and are always looking at other opportunities. There is a lot of talk in the sector about, or in the industry, about uh, more investment. I think one of the things is it's a long-term investment um, and when you think about if you do it all the way from the beginning you've got to be you know going for planning you've got to be a developer and then you've got to be an operator and I think there's some institutions who see that as quite a challenge to go through the stages 
But I think the comparison is the student market. Um, mm. And I think if you look at how that's changed over the last probably 15, 20 years, we've got to a position where, whether you agree with it or not, but the student um, blocks are being traded uh, in the same way as commercial is. Mm. I believe long term that will happen with the private rented sector, with the institutions. How long that long term is, we don't know. But, but I'm, there's certainly a lot of interest in the market. Um, I think with all this, you always want it to happen quicker than, than it is. But Yeah. Alex, would, is it something you'd welcome? Um, it concerns me that as a taxpayer, uh, I am, or not personally, but collectively, paying a billion pounds to stimulating uh, institutional private rented sector um, development. Um, it shocks me that that is market rate properties. As a taxpayer, I am subsidising companies to make the market rate. I don't, I don't understand why I'm doing it. Surely, if the taxpayer is subsidising it, it should be lower than the market rate. And the market rate is high. It's, it's eye-watering at the moment. Uh, half the population in this country earns £26,000 or less. No, none of those people can afford to live. Uh, in uh, in the market rate apartments in mm, that's not true it's not true we I mean we have a lot of you know two three bedroom apartments where we have people with those kind of salary levels or in uh, share house shares and that sort of thing uh, but even then if you are in a house share you are instinct you are intrinsically not in a stable living situation but some people choose that's that's what how they want to live that that is actually really rare most people who are sharing homes are doing so because they can't afford to live any other way. That's that's why people choose to share homes, unless they're like they're graduates and they're uh, All right. beginning of their Can I stop you there, because <laughs> our time is nearly up. What it does show, I think, is we, is you agree that, that uh, what we're seeing out in Stratford is an improvement on what there is in the market uh, already in most places. Whether it's going to be the cure for all the market's problems if it's extended, um, probably not. Um, Alex and Neil, can I say thank you to you both for coming to talk to us today and thank you very much for hosting our visit uh, to East Village and for coming along with us. It was a pleasure.